0: a minute or so late youtube live was just stuck in a loop so i just had to wait for it to get done doing whatever it was doing so it is monday january 17th uh i think many of you probably have the day off i i know it's a holiday for the stock market so congratulations if you are in the stock market you can't lose money today i don't know i thought that was funny uh, anyways, uh, we are going to talk about what's going on in the daily financial news, but real quick uh, I will be doing another live stream at 9:30 or thereabouts I want to cover a topic that was debated about a lot in my private facebook group So I have a private facebook group. It is called one rental at a time works It is attached to my how to get started one rental at a time course it's the one I often talk about with my positive impact score. So over the course of the weekend, there was a Bigger Pockets podcast uh, with David Green. Uh, I guess about minute forty-five or thirty-eight or whatever it was. Uh, uh, David answered a question about cash flow uh, and or equity slash appreciation. Uh, As it happens to be, the person who asked the question is also a course member. So what I'm going to do at 9.30 or thereabouts is I'm going to have two live streams. One, I'm going to read the question that David was given, and then I'm going to walk through kind of my answer. Uh, I think my answer is um, it will be different. Uh, But thankfully, it will be different because I and Olivia have done what the, um, I guess, the questioner asked. David Green obviously is a real estate agent, real estate investor. Uh, He's obviously in the Bay Area. He has a team. He has infrastructure. He has uh, at least an unknown bias. Uh, I do not. I I got no skin in the game. Plus, Olivia and I also, as you will see, replaced two six-figure income. So I will break down that question in detail. There's a lot in it, uh, a lot of assumptions, but I will do that. And then second, I will do another um, live stream just about the broad question of appreciation and cash flow, because as you will see, the question is very nuanced But I want to also tackle the bigger question, so I'm going to do that in two separate live streams, just to cover both bases. If you're interested in joining the group, uh, there is kind of a, I don't know, a price of admission. You have to buy the course, how to get started one rental at a time. That gives you how I learn my market, do yield, focus, daily discipline, all the stuff I talk about. Uh, but then the the group is free. Uh, all you'll have to do is join the Facebook group called One Rental at a Time Works. You ask to join. You answer three questions. We validate that you purchased the course, and you're in, and it's free. So that's what I got for you. So a lot of two more live streams coming. It is a holiday. Hopefully you can join me there. Uh, but yes, I want to give a shot of answering the question on from Bigger Pockets and uh, the David Greengate. So a couple of things to talk about today. There's a lot going on. Uh, don't know if you saw this, but some housing start data came out last week that I missed or at least didn't report on. Looks like housing starts are picking up but slowing down. Let me explain. So housing starts uh, are now on pace. They they annualize this number at 1.68 million. That annual starts number is highest since 1974. Damn, that's almost 50 years. Uh, But yes, that that is very interesting. And prices are up 17%. So that's picking up, right? They're, They're starting more homes. But here's the problem they're actually slowing down. Slowing down. Dead days. Uh, we've talked about this a couple of times. This is where builders basically get nothing done because they're waiting on windows or labor or something, right? They used to average right around seven months start to finish. The builders now are getting really close to 11 months uh, with some reporting 12 months. That's a lot of dead days, carrying costs, risks from weather. It's... um it's tough, and material costs are up fourteen point one percent. So, it, in my opinion, is a very dangerous time to be a property developer because dead days are expensive, uh, prices uh, of materials are up, there are delays, unexpected delays. So again, it's a really, it's a really tough time, right? Again, pr- starts are up one point six eight million, highest since nineteen seventy four, but they're also slowing down. Labor crunch, just really, really messy time. Next up, China. Uh, well, it happened, and I told you it would happen. I think I talked about this two weeks ago, maybe three. Uh, China is going to have to continually cut rates, uh, and they announced one again today, which is our yesterday, but they're today. You get it, the whole time zone thing. They cut rates. They actually cut two different rates. They are trying to inject liquidity into the system. This is the classic definition of pushing on a rope. What is going on in China? Well, we've talked about it. They have dented, damaged, scarred their individual consumers. They need these individual consumers to continually buy property. And when they don't, their property development companies go broke. They die because cash flow has died, right? They can't pay the bills. They can't pay the debt. They can't pay the suppliers. They can't pay the employees. It's just a whole kind of mess And now they're reporting numbers about housing prices and this, that, the other. I don't believe them. Clearly, their market is struggling. Again, when examples of Nike and Starbucks report that China is a miss, you can extrapolate that to other areas. Again, it is going on. Uh, Consumer demand is down, property slump. And lo and behold, as we talked about yesterday or the day before, the largest property developer, right? Evergrande is the second the largest, I forget their name, called like country something, country homes or something like that. Uh, They are now in trouble. And lo and behold, they are now finding off, um, what do they call it? Off book debt. This debt that doesn't show up on the balance sheet anywhere. Sort of like Enron. Yeah. Off balance sheet debt. That's the word I was looking for. It is amazing what happens when the tide goes out, right? Warren Buffett's famous statement, when the tide goes out, we find out who is swimming naked. And now it appears many, if not most, of the Chinese uh, developers have off-balance sheet debt uh, that those debt holders still want to get paid, and they are going to squawk. It is going to be messy. I am now convinced, I'm saying for the first time, what is it, January 17th? That the chinese government is going to have to come in and bail out their property developers bailouts just like in the u.s which let's be clear we have done lots of bailouts so this is not a china only thing china bailouts will be like the ones in the u.s there will be winners and losers remember the banks in the great recession right jp morgan you take this one wells fargo you take that one these forced marriages it is going to happen in the chinese market Every seemingly every week, month more debt is found, property sales are down, and cash flow. Back to the earlier talk. If cash flow disappears, you can't hold the assets. It doesn't matter. Net worth balance sheet equity disappears when you got to liquidate and everybody else does. So again, I want to say I now expect the Chinese government, it will it won't be soon, it won't be like this week or next, but over the next 60 to 90 days. They will try to quietly arrange marriages and then somehow put debt structure together where it is okay for these companies to limp limp forward. Uh, As you know, Mondays we speak with an estate attorney. Uh, We are going to do that. We're actually going to talk about Prince's estate. Prince, you know, Purple Rain. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but he passed away about six years ago. Uh, This young man uh, passed away with no will. So over the last six years, there has been a battle between heirs, the IRS, and some financial institutions about who gets what. And uh, it looks like they've just agreed on value, $156 million million, uh, that will be administered or, or passed to the heirs. It is very interesting, and we will be talking to Ryles Dana, our estate attorney, about this. It looks like lawyers and administrators, one, they have been paid tens of millions of dollars to legally battle this over six years. In addition to that, because it has taken six years, two of the likely heirs actually have passed away during this and saw nothing. So it is pretty, pretty scary. So, again, We talk about having estates. If you are going to start accumulating assets, take care of yourself, protect people you love, have that stuff created. So again, we will talk to Rylas about what it all means and we will break it down. And hopefully as you're building assets, you get a will, trust, those kinds of things just to protect the people around you. So finally, the Fed is in a high stakes uh, race. We're gonna be talking about this with Greg Dickerson at eight o'clock. They are clearly behind the curve. Uh, you know the question for me is how much pain are they willing to suffer? What made Paul Volcker unique among Fed presidents is he was willing to do what was necessary. Damn the torpedoes, damn uh, the president! Frankly, he had to do what he had to do, um, and you know he got us past inflation. I am not convinced that Powell is ready to do that, uh, but we shall see. Uh, I certainly believe he's going to be a mini Paul Volcker. I still am calling for a half a point jump first. Uh, And that could start as soon as March. So it is going to be very interesting. On top of that, we have Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon is out there saying uh, the Fed-induced recessions don't have to be terrible. Sometimes they are short and sweet. Good old Jamie Dimon trying to find the silver lining. Folks, I've been talking about it. I do not think 2022 is going to be all that great a year. We might subvert a recession barely. Uh, Thus, there may be one in the first half of 23. Uh, But again, this doesn't have to be a bad time. You don't have to be scared by it. The business cycle is real. Uh, You can make a lot of money. You can buy some great assets. Uh, You just have to find those motivated sellers, those situations where you can create a deal that's good for you and a good a deal that is good for them. So at the end, uh, remember we have proven that we can beat inflation. Paul Voker has done it. The playbook is rather clear. You basically raise rates, you the economy shuts down, right? Shrinks, then inflation rolls over and you declare victory. How much pain do we want? Maybe Jamie Diamond is right. They are short and sweet. And yes, my two puppies are sleeping. Jeffrey, thank you for asking. And unfortunately, they're too far away. I can't get them. All right, everybody, that's what I got for you today. We got Mr. Greg Dickerson, one of our multimillionaire experts that we talked to at eight. We're going to talk to Rylus Dana, our estate attorney, about prints and what happened there. And then I will be doing some live streams about cash flow and appreciation. So have a wonderful, wonderful day. Take care of yourself. And if it is a holiday, you know, go make some memories, have some fun. If you're at work, you know, the day started, so it's almost over. Take care. But as always, every day is Saturday. I love that statement. Take care. Bye.